Hello, my beautiful friend. This week, I'm sharing an episode where I got to go and share my heart on the Morning Mama podcast with Brittany. I just love her spirit and I love her audience. And I just kind of wanted to share, like, how do you know that you might be drinking too much? So I thought I'd share it with you here because I dropped some really great nuggets. And I love to just be able to share when um, I can just, it's just a different perspective when I'm able to kind of interview on other people's podcasts. I just truly enjoy doing that. And I just want to mention to you also that I do talk about the boot camp, which we're getting closer to. It starts January 10th, 2022. And this is the group coaching program where you get to be in there with other like-minded women dealing with some of the same things you're dealing with, the same struggles, feeling like you drink to have to have fun or de-stress, hiding the amount we drink from our partners, just really wanting to stop over drinking, maybe quit altogether, just this exploration. And you've kind of been to the place where you've read the books and you've listened to the podcasts and you just need that extra layer of accountability. Well, this is it because we're going to be together for six weeks. Every week, we got an hour and a half together where I'm teaching you, pouring into you, coaching you. And then you have a check-in day midweek where we get to go back into, hey, what's coming up? What kind of questions do you have? How can I support you? And you fully get a group of your own, just you and these core women that have been a part of this stop drinking boot camp together and you can check in and you can ask questions and then you can vent and whatever things are coming up you've got six full weeks to learn how to create new routines to learn tools to reduce your anxiety learn how to begin to renew your mind reframe these mindsets that we've had this whole time learn to rewire your thinking because our minds have been running on these same patterns for years possibly decades i know that was me begin to trust yourself again actually do what you say you're gonna do and really learn about who are you who is god and how can you really if you choose to put him more into your life and lead be led that way use that for your foundation completely surrender to that but really just learn these tools so you can begin to walk out this journey is a process y'all it does not happen overnight and i hope that you have learned that and realized that by now like listen i'm over three years alcohol free and i love being able to teach you and work with you and coach this community but did you know i also have a coach i'm also working on things so i don't want you to ever think that oh god this is taking forever or it's never going to end. The cool thing is growth is always going to be part of your life. There's going to be some seasons where the growth feels a little more uncomfortable. It feels a little bit more mechanical. You may feel more of a struggle. And then there's going to be times where it's just more ease and joy and fun and play. And this is just part of the human experience. So I hope that you allow me to be able to lead you and guide you in this process. The applications will be open this week. And there's only a few spots, so I want to make sure you get yours in. So be listening to what you need to do. I've already had people email me. You can go ahead and email me at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com, and you'll be on the waiting list to, to get in for the full application. You got it? Awesome. Enjoy the episode, ladies. Hey, sister. Are you newly alcohol-free, but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? 
Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of overdrinking even when you told yourself you would stop. Waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing? Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal, quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found. And I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. Hi, Mama. I'm so excited to be here today. I have the best treat for you. My friend Michelle from Set Free Sisterhood is here to share her heart with you and her knowledge and wisdom, and it is so good. I'm really honestly so excited to bring this topic to you. I just think it's so pertinent. And yeah, I'm going to turn it over to Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. I'm so stoked you're here. If you could just tell us a little bit about what you do, what is the Set Free Sisterhood? And I would love to hear your story too. I think stories are so powerful. So if you could just bring us along the journey of how you got to this place, that would be amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, Brittany, for having me here. I'm so excited to share with your audience. So yeah, I am the host of Set Free Sisterhood, just like Brittany said, and I help women stop the cycle of over drinking and get control back. And what I call is AKA ditch the wine witch, the mind drama, the overthinking and begin to thrive alcohol free. And I am now three and a half years alcohol free. And if you'd have told me, (laughs) it's so awesome. And if you'd have told me, five years ago that I would be sitting here having these conversations, having my own podcast, loving women and sharing with them and helping them through this journey. I would have just been like, what are you talking Mm -hmm. about? Michelle, who? (laughs) (laughs) That was so much joy in the journey of how God really brings us to the place that he has us designed for when we are obedient. So I wanted to share that first because a lot of people, I think sometimes here, especially moms like in the middle of, you know, raising kids and the struggle, it's kind of hard to see that far out, knowing that you're made for more and something that God has something for you. But sometimes in the stuckness, we don't see possibilities. And so I want you to know that that's okay because neither did I, but I can bear witness that it's coming. So So my story goes way back, you know, just kind of trying alcohol as a high school student, things like that. What I really remember as a huge turning point was in my 20s, and I wanted to be involved in social, and the social thing was wine club. And I didn't know book clubs at the time, but now book clubs have kind of turned into wine clubs too. So it's kind of culturally accepted. It's very glamorized. You know, it's a very social setting. But what I began to notice was when I would drink, I really just kind of didn't have a turnoff switch. And there would be girls that would come. We would have the wine club. They would do the tasting and all the fancy food. And they could just have a few and be fine. But it was me and this one other girl 
we just kind of was like, well, we're drinking until it's gone. You know, I really didn't think anything of it. And it just became a really a pattern for me. And what I now know that I didn't really know then is that it was just a really good cutoff switch, you know, from my high achieving overthinking brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of did the thing to relax me because I knew my brain was always on the go. Um, very much an overachiever and high functioning woman at the time, even before marriage. And there are some cycles throughout the years where I would be involved in those type things. And then here's the cool thing about it is it really wasn't a big deal because I then met my husband, drank some when we were together. And that wasn't like at the forefront. And then I wanted to have kids. So I started having kids and it just wasn't an issue. So even then, I never really thought that I had a quote unquote unhealthy relationship. I just thought, which like a lot of us do go through our 20s and we drink heavily and we kind of lean to partying and the social life of it. So what happened throughout the years was I had my children and then there became a time in then my late 30s, mid to late 30s that I was like, oh, well, I'm done with kids now. And it was kind of reintroduced. I, you know, would have some wine on the weekends or we'd have a cookout and things like that. And then what I found happened was I was in a very, very stressful season of raising young children, working full time. I think there's probably a little bit of mild depression going on. And I found that the wine worked. Yeah. (laughs) It does the job, you know, you, you're stressed out, you're overwhelmed and it works. Yeah. Problem is, is that it only takes you so far mm-hmm. and you have to keep drinking more to get back to that level. There's this level of dopamine that it creates to make you feel good. The feel good juice. I think a lot of people know what that is, but then what happens is it drops down and you never can achieve that again. Once mm-hmm. you begin kind of the cycle of even, you know, daily wine drinking or, you know, even weekends, And so what I found was it just became a huge part of my life. Hmm. And it just became something that was always a go-to, not just for stress and overwhelm. And then it became like every weekend. And then I added a weeknight and then another weeknight. And the next thing I know, fast forward several years, I was drinking daily. Yeah, that's such a powerful story. Like, I just think so many of you mamas might be able to resonate with that. Like this slow, slippery slope of like, it just feels normal and it, and it, and it can be normal, but when it just keeps adding on and adding on and, you know, even like noticing, you know, back way back then that you would, you know, you wanted to drink more than others, but, but it's just such a slippery slope that can happen so quickly. And so I just love your story and how, you know, it's not, it's not just like, I suddenly was drinking a liter of vodka every day. You know, it's these nuances and and can happen to anyone. Absolutely. And so what was so interesting too, is that I did that for a long time, like a really long time. Cause we're talking, what was that late thirties? I'm 46 now. So three and a half years ago. So on into my early forties, this pattern continued. And I would say probably the last probably two to three years, it was a bottle of wine a day. And here's the deal. No one knew. 
Mm. I'm still, I'm still getting up and going to work. Um, you know, a lead stylist at my salon, raising kids, going to activities, going to church. It was my own internal mind drama that was going on, but there was so long, I didn't really question it until I did. Mm. And that was the game changer is when I finally started questioning, huh, this just doesn't seem right. I don't think that this is really a great idea that I'm drinking earlier on Saturdays because it's pool day or I started just kind of like looking, but still, I think that's what the thing is. The women that I, that I love to serve, that can go on for a really long time. And then what happens is we begin to like really dislike ourselves and we just, we talk trash to ourselves. It's the head talk and the mind drama. We begin to wake up at 3 a.m. with a racing heart and anxiety and so frustrated at ourselves that we did it again. Mm. But yet what happens is we wake up and we're like, okay, I'm not having wine today. And we may be okay for the day. Maybe, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But what I found was by four o'clock, five o'clock, the stressors kick back in, the patterns kick back in. And you know, Brittany, and how our mind works, the neural pathways already have this pattern going on. Yep. And we go right back to it again. And the cycle continues. Yep. And typically, by the time women come to a place where they realize, oh, gosh, they just kind of look at their lives and like, wow, this really stinks. I'm not happy in my marriage. I don't have a good relationship with my kids. Here I am just barely functioning. And I know that alcohol is an issue. But what's so cool is that that's just the first step. Hmm. But it opens up so much space for freedom and growth. Wow. Yeah, that. Yeah, your story is so amazing. And I'm yeah, you're talking about this moment of suddenly realizing how alcohol has impacted you and how how much you are drinking and how it's affecting you. And so I'm curious, like what what led you to that moment? Like how how did you finally realize? And if someone is listening, how would they know? How could they recognize if they are drinking too much? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, first, let me say that I actually went to some counselors and really uh, the struggle was communicating to them that I was struggling, but them not really understanding. And they would point me to not that there's anything wrong with, you know, AA or favor or any other groups, but I just felt like, you know, hmm, that's just really not for me. And plus my life is kind of busy <laughs> and I don't really have time for that. And I'm just really, it's really not that bad. Right. And so that's kind of what happened is I played the comparison game for a long time because then I finally did go. I found a women's group at AA and I, I went and I just was like, wow, these people are really nice, but like they really don't look that happy. And they're still talking about this struggle and they're identifying themselves with a label that I'm not willing to identify as because that's not who I am. Well, and it kind of made, made my own head talk worse. And so what really happened was it was just a true moment of surrender. I was in the bathtub one night and I had had many glasses and it was dark, had my candles burning. And it was just like this huge moment of like, oh, God, I'm so miserable. I'm so depressed. Look, I'm looking at the life around me and it's like, everybody would look and think, wow, she's 
she's got it all together. Like she's got this house and this family and this job. And it's like, but I was miserable. And I remember just saying like, I don't want to go down this path anymore. And he was like, well, you got to stop doing it on your own. It always makes me emotional when I share that. And he said, and I said, all right. What he said, you got to give it to me. You got it. You got to give it to me. You keep trying to do this thing on your own. And I'd had so many like day ones and day threes and like just all these frustrating moments. Mm. And that was it. It was like, okay. And was it easy? No, but I started day by day by day, just surrendering like, okay, let me, let me tough it out this day. And it, it sounds crazy to people who like, don't drink much like they're like oh I just drink at parties occasionally or maybe at the holidays or I have a glass every now and then it's no big deal but the woman who is struggling like she knows exactly what I'm talking about yeah yeah and she's so afraid to say anything Mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing is you have to speak up so how can you tell well first you're really into this episode and you're mm-hmm. feeling it in your body. Mm, that's great. <laughs> you're feeling conviction. You're yeah. feeling this nervousness. You might be feeling a little hot and like a little bit embarrassed. That's a sign. And if you spend a lot of time thinking about it, it filled my mind like, okay, negotiating, like what time am I going to be home? And should I go work out first? And where are the kids? And can my husband go get them? And when can I, you know, how can I incorporate wine on this? Am I drinking two or three glasses before I even go out to dinner? You know, if it just is a lot of, a lot of what is on your mind, then that's a huge, huge red flag. Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. And I love, I love your approach to all of this. And like, I don't know. I just have always felt uh, so much grace and uh, just God's spirit in you and, and in this and the way you approach it. Cause it's, I love that you, you're not taking on this label of addiction. And again, yeah, if AA is working for you, that's awesome. But I just, I love how you're saying, no, that's not who I am. Like there's gotta be another way. And it's just through this act of surrender, which surrender is always painful and not fun. So even if we can't feel you with the the wine or the alcohol, we can feel you on any areas of surrender in our lives that we have struggled with. And yeah, that is so tough. And I love just the way that you call people out like, hey, if you're listening to this and you're uncomfortable, I think that's that's so true. I think that's great. I would love to hear your take on, you know, addiction versus like it being an idol and how you kind of differentiate, you know, because some people might say, well, I'm not addicted. Um, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, and I've heard you talk a little bit right. about the difference and what that looks like. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So for me, um, and most all the women I work with, when we remove it, there is not a extreme physical detox. There are headaches, fatigue, you know, just kind of moodiness, things like that. Most, a little, some anxiety, because we know that alcohol actually increases your anxiety. And that's something you have to work through in the beginning to kind of work through that because it, it's what made it worse. So for me, that kind of is your first sign that like, it's more of a, a mental and habit driven hmm. idol versus someone who 
cannot safely remove it from mm-hmm. their system. And when I speak to them and they say, yeah, I'm starting to have shakes or like, you know, tremors or things like that. Then I say, you know, you really need to speak with a medical doctor first, go through a safe process of, you know, getting it out of your system. And then we can go from there. But my women just, you know, the women that I serve and what, who I, who I know, because I was there are those women that, you know, don't really have that. It's just something that they have put as an idol, which really an idol that is anything that comes before God and our relationship with him. And, and something that, like I said, we spend a lot of time thinking about and it becomes more important to us. It is something that is just like at the center of your life. Cause I can, I mean, I can look back at my life and like, there was very little situations the alcohol wasn't involved. And a lot of time it was even by myself. My husband really wasn't a drinker. Like I'm buying it and having it in the house and I'm drinking alone. Sure. And it just, to me in inside of it, I was like, well, this is not the big deal. This is just what women do. This is, you know, women who work hard and they're achievers. We wind down, you know, the Olivia Pope days of <laughs> she got, you know, home and kicked off her high heels and had this big old glass of wine, right? That's just what you do. Yeah, I I so resonate with that image. <laughs> um, and it just normalizes mm-hmm. it so much. And that's like why, again, I was, you know, kind of referencing this, but why I love your approach is because I think we, a lot of us can think of an alcoholic and have this one image painted where, you know, like I said, a liter of vodka or just, you know, they're binge drinking, they uh, aren't able to go to work, they, you know, would, if they started detoxing, would have to go to the hospital. And, and so that's like our image. But I think, you know, yeah. like, I love that you're saying, like, even if that's not you, but it's consuming your time and it's impacting your life and you're, you know, using all of this time and energy thinking about it, then it's a problem. It's an idol and we have to remove it. And so I just, I love that we, we need to look at it through that and not just this black and white thing of, oh, well, this is what alcoholic is. Um, And even, we don't even have to call it that, but I I love how you just have put this, this nuance on this approach and um, just, pulls in people that might think it's normal. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share a little bit. I've heard you speak passionately about uh, mom culture and how uh, it just shows this, this wine culture as normal as like almost what we need to get through the day. This is just like what we're supposed to have along with our coffee. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the thing too, even touching on what you just said about the whole term of, you know, hi, my name is, you know, I'm an alcoholic or addiction is that that is the exact reason why women that are like me don't say anything and they stay stuck yeah. because they know that's not who they are. Yeah, You know, most women have a relationship with the Lord and they know you know, their identity. And that's why there's such a conflict. Cause when you say that, you're like, wait a minute, that's not who I am. You know, I'm a daughter of a King, but what is wrong with me? Why do I keep struggling? And so they stay in the cycle because they're afraid and they don't know where to go because they think that's the only option, which is a huge part of my mission and why I'm here, obviously. (laughs) So they can have somewhere to go. And I think the mommy culture, man, it just, I used to think it was so funny. Like I was all up in the memes and the like, (laughs) 
you know, crazy stuff. And I, and then now it's like my eyes have been open to a new perspective. It's like, that is, it's just crazy. Like, why do we think it's okay to tolerate our children if we have wine? Like, mm-hmm what, what's the deal with that? Like, yes, we all get triggered and we all have frustration. And that's what I did. Like I I would say my family got on my nerves. So I needed wine. Like, let's just look at that for a second and see how that really sounds. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the decor and the TV shows and they just make it so sexy and sensual and they make it look fun and laughter. And they're even doing it to our teens and movies and things like that. So they're growing up in this culture thing and like, that equals fun. That equals, you know, great sex. That equals awesome relationship. And it's actually the opposite because when you add alcohol to to your brain, you actually disconnect. So you're losing connection with the people that you love. Mm. And you you're numb. You're not calm. You're yeah. just numb. And that's what's happening. And so you know, I shine the light mainly now on just even people who don't drink as much and the kind of like don't get the culture, but how that it's just really not funny mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, especially if you have a friend group, because here's what I've found. I begin to work with my women and they're in a friend group where there's, let's say they have five or six girlfriends and they go out monthly for birthdays and they go out for, you know, dinners and things like that. Well, these girls, these women, they're used to having, you know, a glass here and there's no big deal. But my woman, she's she's over here silently suffering and feeling like because she's going home and drinking more and she's drinking by herself because she's divorced. But they don't know that. And she mentions it. She's like, you know, I'm just really trying not to drink because whatever reason, because that's the big one in the beginning too. People feel really weird about saying that they're not drinking. And I'm like, you know what? We can come up with anything. It's not, it's not serving you. You're not sleeping well. It's waking you up, or maybe you're on a new medication or whatever you need to say in the beginning, especially around people that it's really none of their business in a way, you know, Yeah, that's great. but that's what happens. She says something. Her friend's like, girl, you don't have a problem. You're crazy. It, you're mm-hmm. totally fine. You work. You don't drink that much. And they slap, they talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually because their own mirror mm-hmm. or they sure. just don't get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like you said, there could be those, you know, secret moments that they're not letting people in on that. They're not seeing their friends aren't seeing them go back home and drink more. And, you know, there's all this secretiveness. So they really might not have a, a image at all of what, what reality is, what's really going on. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's so great that you help people find a way to just to go there, whatever it takes, like whatever excuse you need to, to tell people, no, I'm not going to drink. That, that's amazing. So you, you kind of touched on it, but what, what are the steps? Like, what does it look like? What do people do if they're listening and they're thinking that they're ready to stop drinking or they want to find out more? Like, what would that look like? So the first steps typically are, well, first of all, let me say this too. We think people care more than they actually care. Mm. <laughs> so we make it a bigger deal to tell people that we're not drinking or try to be like weird about it or sneak, you know, an alcohol free drink. And really no one cares. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just all our mind drama. That's great. And if it is a big deal to them, they probably are struggling too. Yeah. So that's so great. And really the first thing I say is 
absolute surrender, right? We talked about that. Yeah. But for me, surrender is more of surrendering it to God because he is strong. It doesn't make us powerless. It makes us actually stronger because we then, by giving up, we receive his strength. Wow. And then we take action. And so the action steps are when we begin to move. Because he, ne- he never says ever to anyone, okay, well, surrender and just sit there. Or I'm calling you and just sit there. There has to be action. That's great. So that's a huge deal for me. And action means a couple of things. It could be telling someone. It could be um, going to some sort of group. It could be talking to a therapist or a coach. But really the biggest thing too is to clearly make a declaration. That's the first thing I have my ladies do. And really that is like you're set in stone. You can say, I will, but I really love, I will not. And you usually get to a place of I will not when you decide to write a letter to alcohol and you're breaking up and you say, listen, it's like a boyfriend because I'm going to tell you, it was a relationship. Hmm. I broke up with it. You know, wine and I, we were, we were close, you know, and it was just kind of like, Hey, I thought you were doing me favors. I thought you were de-stressing me, but I realized that you've been sneaking in and you've been taking over my life. Hmm. You write it as if, it's a person and you're saying, I will no longer tolerate you in my life anymore. I will no longer allow you to consume my relationships, my mind. And then you create a declaration from that letter. And then the best thing next is really setting up a new pattern of routines because Mm -hmm. before we can really go in and do some of the deeper work, we have to just get down to the basics How can we change your day-to-day routines? When are you getting triggered? When you do, what can you do instead? I, you know, help with like self-calming tools for anxiety because that stuff's going to come up and just create these new patterns for the first week or so. And then we build upon that. Wow. I love all of that. You have such clear steps that, that feel manageable and just so cool. So I know Mama, if you're listening, like, uh, and this has struck a chord in your heart and you feel Holy Spirit convicting you, you can see that Michelle is so equipped to walk you through this. And, you know, it doesn't have to be Michelle. Like she gave you some amazing tactical tools to move forward with. And so I encourage you, if that's you to take a step, take, you know, even if it's just because you need some accountability. So even if it's just joining her Facebook group, she'll tell you about that in a minute, you know, just taking a step, jumping onto her podcast because you can't do this alone. And I'm sure Michelle can echo that, but Michelle, if you could just share with these mamas, if they are ready to take that step, you are here right here for them. God has brought them to this podcast to you for a purpose. So what does that look like? How can they find you? What do you offer to help women walk through this season? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, the first place is the podcast for sure. There is so much information on there that will not only go ahead and help you through this process, but really have you take a different perspective on maybe what's going on right now and really give some actionable steps in addition to what I just talked about of things that you can do and ways you can communicate. I have some awesome guests on there. I'm gonna have Brittany soon. I'm excited to have Woo. her too. And And then honestly, I work two different ways with women. One is one-on-one where we really, you know, go in a little in more intimate setting 
for a period of time. It's usually about three to four months because that's really what I have found that it takes to really work through not only the removal, but going a little bit deeper into the process. I was talking about how, you know, we really want to to learn how to make new commitments and set boundaries and just cultivate healthy relationships and begin to to begin that life of thriving and fulfillment that we have not really been able to have because we've stayed stuck and um and kind of on our own like we've allowed it to happen so we have to work through that and also I'm currently running a group coaching program called the Stop Drinking Boot Camp. It will start again in January. So if you're listening to this and it's before January of 2022, then you will have an opportunity to roll right into that too. And I'm looking forward to that. That's a group program and it has been awesome. That's so amazing. I I'm just so grateful for you and your heart and just so clear that God has called you to this. And it's so beautiful that... God took this struggle that you went through and turned it into such beauty. You know, I know that's who our God is, that he takes all of these hard things and turns them for good, but it's just so evidence in you. And I'm just so grateful for your heart and everything you offer, just the programs and these clear steps. You know, we know we can trust you because you've walked through this, like you have walked it out. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like. You're not just, you know, telling people something that you haven't done. So I am grateful. And mom, if you are feeling that tug, go check out Michelle. I know that God is leading you there for a purpose and there's so much freedom. If we're talking about healing and showing up for our kids and our, our homes and our husbands, like this, if, if this is on your heart, if this is a struggle for you, this has got to, this is a key step. Like you can't miss this step and find healing and find these lives that God created you for. So take that step. I know it feels scary, but Michelle is safe and now you know her. So it's great. Mm, <laughs> uh, thank th you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Michelle, for being here today. And yeah, I just am so grateful for you. Thanks, Brittany. I really enjoyed it. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.